Welcome to Eavesdrop, where every day is a great conversation. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad you're listening. If you're new to Eavesdrop, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Or, if you have an iPhone, you can download the new podcast app. That makes it even easier. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Eavesdrop Show, and you can find us on the web at www.eavesdropshow.com. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and eavesdrop. Well, hello there. I'm Heather, and I'm back for another show of Eavesdrop, and I'm joined with my friend Melody Hemphill, and she is just such an inspiration to me. I I love what she and her husband Randy are doing. They have a great ministry here, and they travel around and help other couples and churches of all different sizes to um, really envelop some of the marriages that are out there. And um, I'm just really grateful for it. Their ministry is called Life Ministries, and their website is www.lifeministriesnow.com. And they have a great book out that they'll have posted on that front page. So if you want to buy it, you can just go right to that website and click on it. But it is called Every Marriage Needs a Divorce. And if you have missed the last show, I just want to tell you, go ahead right now and push stop and go back. You need to listen to the last show because that was our first introduction to Melody Hemphill and her story. And I just want you to hear it. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about how God has allowed them to share their story and how their story can minister to each of us. And um, I'm really grateful for her. So um, Melody is back with us again in this show. So hello, Melody. Thank you. Hello. Um, We left them with a cliffhanger at the last show. So um, I I just kind of want to go back and let them um, know where we were. Um, We had gotten to a really rough time for you. And um, if you could just kind of go back like two minutes into your story of um, maybe the secrets. And maybe that would be a great part to start with, the secrets. Yeah. Um, As I was sharing um, in the other podcast, um, I had um, developed a friendship with a male co-worker Mm -hmm. um, after Randy and I had been married about six years. Um, And as he became uncomfortable with it, um, the friendship became secretive. And um, as it became secretive, it developed into a lot more. And so um, over a period of several months, um, I really let myself um, go in places that I never thought I would. I um, began a relationship with him, um, this man who was also married, um, that lasted for two and a half years. And... Um, I, prior to that, um, never thought that an affair would enter the picture. I I knew people who had walked through the pain of that, and I I felt like Randy and I were immune to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was not guarded. I was not protected. I did not seek out um, help and accountability when I first started struggling with that friendship, um, because I was afraid of what people would think. I was afraid, um, that it might impact Randy's job Mm -hmm. since he was in ministry. Um, and so there was so much fear. Um, and I wish that I could go back and tell that, that girl, you know, talk to someone. But what's so great is that now you have that opportunity and you have a platform where God allows you to say, here, here's your uh, red flag. I think your warning. Yeah. You, you you write in your book about you had all these red flags yeah. glaring in front of you, warning signs. That that's your opportunity right now is that you get to tell women, 
He will give you those signs. Yeah. Your, your husband was un- uncomfortable. You had, you know, discernment to know, yeah. mm, mm, I'm doing secretive things. So now you're saying this. Other women are going to hear you. And this could be the, the moment that they turn. Yeah. So I, I'm so grateful for that, um, that he has redeemed even that, yes. that, that you didn't uh, listen to the fear and you did give in to guilt and shame. But yeah. someone else might not have to. Right. Right. So, so the the affair continued for two and a half years, off and on. Yeah. Um, and you got to a point where, um, it it just couldn't go any farther. Or, or how did it come out? Like in your book, you talk about the day that marked us. Yeah. Um, Randy and I say a lot. We are we're marked by an affair, but we're not defined by it. Love that. Um. Because, you know, that will always be part of our story. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that it's part of my story. Yeah. Um, but to because of the grace of God, it does not define who I am. It is not um, a definition of you or even an indicator. It's right. not who you are. Right. It's something you did and it's something you went through. Yes. Yes. Um, the relationship, um, it was very serious. Um, we, you know, talked of a future, future together, all of those things. Um, and, um, throughout that time period I shared before, um, it was the most confusing, tumultuous time of my life. I mean, I've never cried so much. I've never been so confused, completely distanced myself from God. I knew that what I was doing was wrong. Um, I stopped praying. I stopped listening to Christian music. I mean, any, because I couldn't, I couldn't battle the, the conviction that I was feeling, um, and, I was fearful um, even to get out um, of it. I I couldn't imagine um, going forward with life and with a marriage where Randy did not know. Yet at the same time, I couldn't imagine a life where he did know. That seemed equally devastating. So my future just felt... It felt bad no matter what were to happen. And it, um, did you feel frozen? Like there was no way forward or out or back and stuck? I and felt very stuck um, because I was now, as we talked about before, I was now labeled. I was mm-hmm. an adulteress. Um, I felt like there was a big A painted on my forehead and that everybody knew. And I, I mean, I I was very different during that time period. I mean, I distanced myself from friends Um, you know, I really, my whole focus was that outside relationship and, um, and I felt, I felt stuck there. Like I had ruined the rest of my life. And Mm -hmm. so why not just stay in this? And, um, I, um, I never, I, I don't know that I ever would have, um, willingly gone to Randy and told him, um, I was too afraid of what that would mean. And and by the time the affair ended, I, I really didn't see a future with Randy. No matter what happened, I, I couldn't picture that because I didn't think I could live with the guilt um, of him not knowing. Um, and and my love for him was gone. I had given my heart to someone else. And um, I um, had some people in my life that knew I had been very different for a long time. And um, they were able to kind of put some circumstances together and through a series of events they discovered the relationship and went to Randy and told him and um the first I remember the first words out of my mouth when I knew that the relationship had been exposed was my life is over and I believed that to my core that Mm -hmm. I have ruined the rest of my life I will not recover from this um 
and I was terrified. And at the same time, I had lied for so long. I still, even when I was confronted um, that same day, I still tried to lie because I thought maybe just one more lie. Somebody will believe me and um, and I can keep people from knowing. And that did not happen. Um, And so Randy was told we talked um, and life just exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, he was devastated. He was angry. Yeah. Um, and I was I was terrified of what the future held. Um, did you when when um, when it finally came out? Did you ever feel um, even a little peace that it was out and there was? No more having to hide, no more having to, or was it just so painful? The exposure was just devastating. It was devastating. Um, At the same time, I finally felt free um, when when other people knew um, because I had lied for so long. Mm -hmm. It is exhausting to live a double yeah. life and yeah, to lie about everything that you're doing and I would get to the point where I lie so much that I couldn't I knew there was tro- truth back there somewhere in the back but I didn't know you know where it had morphed into the lies that continued um and so there was a part of me that finally felt like I was free I, I could actually be honest mm-hmm. um and not have to hide things anymore um and so at the same time I felt that, I, I was in deep, deep pain. Um, you know, Randy and I did not know. We didn't know what the future held. Right. Um, we separated for a time um, and um, both went through very suicidal um, thoughts. Um, I, I remember we lived um, up this dirt road and I would go down to check the mailbox. I had to drive to get to the mailbox. And it was on this little two-lane highway. And I would get to the end. And as I was getting out to get the mail, I would. there were times when I would pray, Lord, just let a car hit me and put me out of my misery. Because the anguish of getting up every day. And there was that few seconds before I would remember what my life was. And then all of a sudden it would hit me. And I'd think, ah, I don't know if I can make it through another day. Yeah. Um, and Randy was going through his own you know devastation and pain and I I, um I I, at that time I knew I will not survive this if God does not get me through this Mm -hmm. whatever the outcome of our marriage because I couldn't see forward enough to know Mm -hmm. um what was going to happen there but I knew if God does not hold my hand Mm -hmm. and walk me through every minute of this day I won't survive this because um everything that I've known and built my life to be is now destroyed um, yeah. by my own doing, um, not somebody else's choices, but by mine. So do you feel like, um, and, and this I think is going to be different for every person as they go through it, but um, when when you're in that moment of whatever it is that is happening in your marriage and you're completely exposed, you, and, you know, for whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. in, in my first marriage, um, my moments of exposure that were so difficult for me were about my control. They were all about my image and my relentless pursuit of a facade and having people believe that I was okay mm-hmm. when I really wasn't enforcing my husband and my children to conform yeah. to that. Um, and when that gets thrown out there, I I just wonder, I felt like my condemnation was more internal. 
Mm-hmm. No one else condemned me. Um, I thought they were, mm-hmm. but no one threw that stone. Was it you? Did you continue to do that to yourself, or did you get to a point where you could start to talk to God again? How did that? How did that start again for you? Um, you know, I um, I, I wrestled through for several weeks. I, I think of even trying to figure out what do I do with God now. Sure. Um, you know, I. I the shock of it, like yes. the numbness, almost yes. like a grief, like when someone dies unexpectedly, like the gig is up, this death happens. Yeah. You go yeah. through the numb part, and then it really gets painful. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 there were some resources, some different books and different things and I, that some people recommended. Um, and so at that time, I had, I had one small child. And so during nap time every day, I would get in my bed with my Bible and my books and I would just read and be in the word. And I knew that the key for my survival was in my mind. That was where the battlefield was. Oh, that is the the biggest piece of wisdom that if we could give to women. Yeah. If your mind will not submit to what the word of God says about forgiveness and about redemption and about reconciliation to him, you must make your mind conform because we're so emotionally driven yeah Uh, and i love that you talk about that in the chapter on hope y'all talk about the fact that you have to rework that so that god can give you hope yeah he he can if you will submit to that and and allow it and that takes time it does take an effort yes I'm, i'm so glad that you're saying you know you committed every day you did something yeah every day so from the word of God and from the books, yeah, and and from prayer, yeah, and music was a big thing for me. That'd been big mm-hmm. my whole life, listening to worship music. And you know, during that the two and a half years, my thinking had become so distorted. I mean, mm-hmm. I believed any lie Satan threw at me, I was grasping on and believing it, yeah. um, because it it met my need to make what I was doing somehow okay. You know, yeah. I married the wrong person. Um, I, you know, I should have had a different life. This person is really my soulmate. Um, you know, Randy wasn't putting enough into our marriage or I had wanted help or I'd wanted this and that and the other, and it didn't work out. And so Mm -hmm. I somehow justified some of the things that I was doing because I felt like I deserved it. And so my thinking, um, was just messed up and I knew it. I, you know, I had to grieve that other relationship mm-hmm. and process through all of that. Yeah. It's not, you know, women, we don't turn off our feelings overnight. No. And, so, and, and I think that's so wise because if you are coming out of an affair, either way that you have been cheated on or that you were the one who pursued a relationship outside of your marriage, there is a grieving that happens, that yeah. that is over. And, um, you know, my story is completely different, but you do grieve mm-hmm. and you've got to let both sides grieve. Yeah. There, there is, there's grieving that occurs yeah. and to, to rush through that. Um, I really feel like doesn't give either one of you the opportunity that you need Yeah, to, um, realign. Yeah. You know, like you said, God had always used music. Mm-hmm. He had always used the word and prayer yeah. and, those were the three things he cut off from you yeah. during the affair. And, and I just think we're so wise to to stop and take that time. Yeah. Grieve over that relationship that's over because it wasn't what God had for you, yeah. even though you had convinced yourself. Mm-hmm. But to pour back those three things. And I, I, I'm so grateful that God gave you that. Yeah. That 
you set that time aside and you were disciplined and diligent so that he could rework those thoughts about yourself and about who you were. Yeah. Because I remember in that first show, you were talking about how you lost yourself. Yeah. Yeah. For all of these different roles and, and things that were happening in ministry. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are separated. You're both going through your healing. Um, Randy shares in the, the book, and I, and I love the story. I can just see how raw and real it is. Um, where, uh, and I, I hope I can find it, but he calls a friend. And he says, look, I, I'm at home. I'm all by myself. And I, I just, I need you. Mm-hmm. And the guy comes and they meet in a, a town halfway between and they drive around for hours. And um, he's just pouring out everything you did. And in anger, frustration, the the raw realness of what betrayal feels like, yeah. the nitty gritty details of it. And, you know, they've been driving around for hours and it just gets to this wonderful sentence where he says, and we got back to the parking lot where we left my car and I just hit the dashboard and I said, but I still love her. Yeah. And, oh, I just burst into tears because that's all it takes is just that one realization of this is it. This is all that's happened. And I still have hope. Yeah. And I love that because it's just deeply embedded in that uh, chapter on hope. Yeah. There's just still something there because both you and he had every right to just want to walk away. Yeah. And yet just one sliver of hope is all that God has to put in there. And it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. So what happened after that? Um, Probably that kind of realization for Randy was one of the most pivotal Mm -hmm. things um, to God the future of our relationship um because he did um he did still hold on to hope and um you know we it was basically a get up put one foot in front of the other for a time kind of thing you know we were um, both in deep pain he was grieving the loss of our marriage and and that's really the whole premise for the title of the book is every marriage gets to a point where you you can either experience something like we did that is just this tragic explosion, or you can get to a place where you go, this just isn't what I thought it was going to yeah. be. And I don't know if I want to do this the rest of my life. And we have choices that we can make. Yeah. Um, you can choose to divorce. You can choose to um, hang in there and just suffer it out until yeah. the end. Yeah. Um, but not really deal with your stuff or in our situation for our marriage to survive, we both had to go on our own personal journeys Mm -hmm. to go back to the beginning and deal with all of the junk that we brought into marriage. Um, And, you know, that over time became the choice that we made. It was not an immediate choice. Um, But, you know, Randy gave me some very strong boundaries, um, which was crucial to um, me making choices that were for my good, but also gave our relationship a chance. Um, And he set up very strong parameters. And it it was a very unusual thing because he um, had been so passive in our marriage. This was really the first time that he said, you know, Melody, this is what you are going to do. Um, It was a little scary for me, but it also, it was his strength rising up in a new way. And I was very drawn to that. Um, Yeah. I think as women, we, you know, we long to have that, um, 
that man in our life that loves us enough to protect us and to lead us and provide shelter because, you know, we all are just like Eve. Yeah. We can easily be deceived. Yeah. And, and, you know, like you've been sharing, the battle was in your mind. Yeah. You know, everything else that happened happened because of a wrong thought process about who you were and what your marriage was. And so I, I think that's, that's so wonderfully generic that we all want that we all want a man who will lovingly provide structure and and safety yeah for us security goodness we all want security so um boundaries are important and um one of the things i love about that is that you guys really did separate from the affair it was over there was a period of mourning and then when the healing started it, it was like there was an opportunity for new. Yeah. It was new. Um, Yeah. So what was that like when you started to um, talk about brokenness and each other's brokenness to each other, you know, not just sharing, you know, this is where I'm at now, but what did I bring into this? So what was that like? Were those conversations awesome Um, or hard or? Everything in those early months was hard. I wouldn't say there was any day that really was easy. Um, during that time, um, because we're both, you know, we were both very scared. We Mm -hmm. knew this wasn't a short, um, you know, quick fix it kind of thing. And we sought counsel. Um, but the biggest thing for us and what we now in ministry with married couples, um, focus so much on the individual journey because, um, had Brandy not given me the time to reconnect with God, oh, I mean, that yeah. was, I knew I had to fall in love with God first mm-hmm. before I could fall in love with Randy again. See, and, and, you know, again, you've got to hear my heart coming from a woman who longed desperately for her marriage mm-hmm. to be saved. And we couldn't, we couldn't do it. My uh, first husband and I just, it, it couldn't be salvaged. And, and both of us um, probably to this day regret and um, long for a different outcome, but unwilling and unable at some points it it wasn't in the cards but goodness isn't that just so powerful that you did it you you took that time to be with God and Randy allowed that because I think so many people just rush into a divorce when they get to that point of being stuck broken this is what I wanted and they look to that person can I can I love this person can I fix this person can I deal with this for the rest of my life Instead of focusing on that relationship with God. Yeah. Randy gave that to you, that solid time. And I just feel like that is huge. Yeah. In the demise of marriage right now is how we quickly want to get a resolution either way. We don't want to just take the time and fall in love with God. Because maybe if you fell back in love with God, you'd fall back in love with your husband. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that's a, you know, a recipe for every marriage, but yeah. Wow. What a gift Randy gave you. Yeah, it was crucial for us and him, him pursuing God and his own journey. And he, you know, he took responsibility for where our marriage was. Nothing that Randy had done or not done caused me to choose to have an affair. And I want to make that very clear. My choices were my sinful choices. It wasn't because he wasn't good enough, but that's how he felt. Certainly in those early months, if he had only done this, fill in the blank then I wouldn't have chosen someone else. Um, And so he went on his own spiritual journey 
um, and really over time we were able to bring something different back to each other and birth yeah. a new relationship that looks yeah. so different from what we had in yeah. the beginning and not that what we had early on in marriage was bad no. um, we had a great relationship when we yeah. first got married but now um, because of the journey God has had us on and the healing and restoration and dealing with our own junk and still doing I mean we're oh, yeah. eight and a half years out now from from when the affair was first revealed to him and you know we're still on that journey but um you know we have something totally different with a depth that we didn't have before um and so um it's hard probably that part of our story is the hardest to put into words because it was such a um moment by moment day by day thing for us um but the lord healing both of us and then we were able to bring something new into our relationship. And, um, you know, when we first um, sought counseling in those early weeks, you know, we were told it will be at least two years before you don't wake up and think about this every day. And I just remember feeling like they'd said 200 years because it might as well have been that long. That Two years seemed like forever. And I, I remember... Um, in in us trying to um, kind of pick up the pieces of all that, I remember thinking, I don't want to be in a marriage where five years down the road, ten years down the road, Randy wakes up and every morning that's what he thinks about. And that terrified me. Yeah. Um, and I know that so many women can be in, in that position if you have done anything that has been a betrayal or a hurt in your marriage. Um, you know, the thought of, do I have to endure this for a lifetime? Um, And so, you know, the two-year mark seems scary to me, but it it was very true. But, you know, I mean, now I know that when we wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. that's not what either one of us thinks at first. I mean, God has has done a healing work and changed my heart, changed his heart, um, and, and given us a heart for other people because we don't want other people to walk through something like this alone. Yeah. Um, I, I get the opportunity because of what I've gone through and what y'all have gone through so many times to talk to women who are in it and um, they they just want it to be over. Yeah. You know, the pain. And so we're so quick as women to, to think two years. Well, I can't do two years. Yeah. I can't, I can't endure two more, two more months, let alone two more yeah. years. If I had a dollar for every time, I would say it's two years because mm-hmm. I was also told two years. Mm-hmm. And um, every time, if you could just step off that battlefield and just get up on the hill and look down at it from an eternal perspective, what is two years? Yeah, it's nothing. What is two years? You know, yeah. when, I, when I think about Moses for 40 years as a shepherd, you know, mm-hmm. come on. When yeah. you think about they wandered in the wilderness. 40 years okay two give yourself two years yeah you know think about what happens in a baby's life in the first two years give yourself that time to grow and not make a decision so quickly and hastily that you can't undo you know um if you give yourself that time give both of yourself some breathing room and some time to get an eternal perspective and focus on god wow is it powerful yeah. what he can do yeah. in that so I, I just think that is unbelievable yeah. that someone told you that and you were like oh I can't do it but then you did you yeah. walked through it and about two years later 
Yeah. You guys got to we the point where a difference at that point, you know. And and honestly, you don't think about it, do you? No. I mean, it, it is it is a part of our story because mm-hmm. we're pretty public with it. Um, you know, we still talk about it a good bit, but it, it's from a different perspective mm-hmm. now. And, um, you know, as women, we are so driven by our feelings. Yeah. Um, I mean, the affair for me was all driven by my feelings because I knew differently. Yes. I knew that the choices I was making were very wrong. Yeah. Um, but my feelings said something else. And so as much as the feelings played the role there, I had to make mm-hmm. choices with my head and pray that God would change my heart as Randy and I began to rebuild our relationship because the so feelings powerful. were not there in the beginning. You know, it's not like I just automatically, boom, I feel everything for Randy. I, they weren't there. And right. his feelings for me were filled with, you know, he loved me. He was angry with me. He was betrayed. Um, you know, it, it was such a mix for him. And so daily going, okay, this is how I feel but I'm going to choose something that goes against my feelings. And I'm going to trust that if I'm obedient to God, that he will change how I feel. And he did. I mean, he, he changed my heart toward Randy and restored and gave us really a new love for each other. Um, And so I want women to, to really hear that, that just because you don't feel something right now, doesn't mean that you can't or won't. And that when you surrender that and your heart to God, um, trust him to let the feelings follow what your what your head is telling you yeah. is the right thing to do, and he will he will be faithful to do that. I, I mean that is exactly what's going through my head is that you know if if you'll just say that to God, I don't feel this, but your word says, mm-hmm. and just hold him accountable for yeah. what he promises. Yeah. You know, just have the faith, just that little bit of faith that says that you trust yeah. that he will do it. Yeah. That if you're just obediently following what his word says, that he's going to do it. You know, that yeah. verse in Hebrews that says, uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God mm-hmm. because you have to believe that he exists yeah. and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. That's all you got to do. Yeah. I don't feel it, God, but I'm going to seek you. I'm going to obey you yeah. in this. And I'm just going to tell you, my head knows and my heart doesn't feel. Mm-hmm. And so I need you to have my heart. Yeah. Because the Bible tells us, again, our heart, above all things, is wicked yeah. and deceitful. And that is where we're led astray. So I think that is just so powerful. Um, and again, we have this great like cliffhanger. I'm loving this, Melody. This is just <laughs> perfect. Um yeah, this this is about the end of our second show with Melody Hemphill, and I'm just loving where God's got us, the timing of this, that you can just be obedient with the smallest of things and give him the truth and the authenticity in your walk and your prayer life with him that I don't feel this yet, God. Yeah. I don't feel this, but I know this is right. This is what your word tells me. And this is what you've got for me and that you're going to bless and honor this because of who you are, not because my feelings are in the right place or I'm doing it right. Yeah. So I'm loving this. So um, I do love me some Melody Hemphill. Um, so again, it's Melody and Randy Hemphill and their uh, ministry is called Life Ministries. Um, their website is www.lifeministriesnow.com and um, they've written a book about their story and about what God's done through it. And it's a very powerful book. It's not just about their story. Each chapter at the end of it has some really good gut check level questions of where
where are you? What, what's going on in your marriage? What's going on in your heart and in your prayer life? Um, so it's a really great book, and it's called Every Marriage Needs a Divorce. And it's not a legal divorce they're talking about, but it's a good kind of divorce. So um, come back next week, and you're going to get to hear a little bit more from Melody Hemphill uh, about what God has done because they were obedient to share their brokenness before the Father and then with each other. Um, thanks again for listening to Eavesdrop. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation. I am loving it. If you want to connect with us, you can go to Facebook. We have a page there. It's Eavesdrop Show, as well as um, we have a website at www.eavesdropshow.com. Subscribe to the podcast. It's getting good. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.